This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Pastor Michael, we've got a question that's been submitted by one of our parents, and it goes like this. What do we do if our 13-year-old does not want to go to his youth group anymore? Mm. You and I have lived this life of a youth pastor before, and we've had conversations with parents on this very subject before. So what would we advise these parents? Two things, discern and decide. Like Mm -hmm. the problem is discerning. (laughs) Discerning, discerning. What is going on that they don't want to go to youth group? Yeah. I mean, you and I have been youth pastors, so let's let's mutually diagnose some reasons why kids would not want to go. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Just a process. Why would they not want to go? Right. So number one would be fun. Yep, fun. It's not fun. That may be a real thing. Oh, yeah. No uh, doubt. <laughs> I, I hate to admit this, but actually, I was in a church one time that when I was uh, a family pastor, so I had the responsibility for the younger kids, there was a youth minister and a youth ministry that my kids were now in, and my kids came home and said, Dad, this is terrible. Yep. This is awful. We don't want to go. It's not fun. And again, that's it's it is a real thing. We want our kids to have fun. It should be fun. They should be have enjoy. Uh, they should enjoy going to their children's ministry, their youth ministry. I don't know. I, I like to have fun myself. Yep. And you know, then they came home and they said, you know, hey, dad, it's not fun. And it's like, oh, come on, come on. And what do I do as the family pastor? I have the ability to go spy you know, on mm-hmm. what's happening, and I get there and think they're right. It is not fun. This is, this is terrible. Yep. There was a, when I was in Missouri, there was a youth, a youth group and I would go to it and they would teach for like an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, shoot me. Verse by verse through, Reve- when I went, they were teaching through Revelation and, and they all had like four or five pages of notes, but there, uh. there was like 60 kids in the youth group. The challenge was that the church was like a thousand people. And uh, by the way, like percentage I mean, wise, that's not right. That's not a good percentage. So, um, and the kind of people it attracted were, you know, very intellectual the deep or whatever, thinkers. deep thinkers. Yeah. And, and, uh, but there's a, there's a second reason which connects to fun, but I think this is really huge. Every, every time somebody walks into a room, it doesn't matter where you are, especially church. The first question you ask consciously or subconsciously is this, who are my people? Who are my people? Yeah. Where are they at? And yeah. if you're walking to a church, if you are somebody who, who comes from a different ethnicity or skin color, you immediately, most you start looking for We've that. heard this often from, from people who are not white, is they're looking for people who share their similar background, heritage, because there's there's commonality there and there's a point of connection. And and uh, you find people, you're looking for your age. You know, mm-hmm. if you are 15 and you walk into a church and everyone's 70 and above, it's like, yep. where are my people? Where are my people? Where are the people that look like me? Yeah. So if you go to a youth group that is small, possibly, and there aren't a diversity of people and you don't know anybody there, let's say you're new to the church and you have to walk into youth ministry, that can that's one of the most daunting experiences for any human being to do that is young. Right. Um, to walk into a clique of people who are already socially connected mm-hmm. as the new person and wonder, will they accept me? Will they and reject me? And I think that's me? the third question yep. is, will I be accepted here? Yeah. Or am I being am accepted? I being they accepted. may not want to go because there isn't a social place for them. Right. Which is real. Now, the larger the youth group, 
the higher the propensity is for fun mm-hmm. and the higher the propensity there is for connection and the higher the propensity there is for acceptance because you can always find your subgroup yes a larger within gets, that larger group um, which is one of the values of a larger community group mm-hmm. and um, because you're able to do connect more kids and more right. people etc you know but um, so so far we've got fun um, we've got are these my people? Are these my people? And then number three, which is what you said. Which will is, I be accepted? Will I be accepted? Which I think takes us to the fourth one is friendships, relationships. Can I develop or do I have friendships within this group? Yep. And if you don't, you won't stick it out. No. I, and that's socially, developmentally, you're an adolescence. You are figuring out your people. Like, yeah. This is huge. Who am I? What is important to me, et cetera. You might get to one where... Um, it just doctrinally, like as a yeah. kid, you yep. may not be where they're at. And so like, here's what I know. Youth pastors by and large are great, but there's a handful of them who preach really over the top sermons. You need to give Jesus all of everything. Well, what does that mean? Does Burn that mean? all your CDs, get rid of everything, yeah. you know, and Jesus may not be asking that kid to do that. Right. So there are these really extreme groups and these really extreme messages that are really oppressive for a young kid. Who's just like, I'm trying to figure out if I believe, let alone burn all my CDs. That's social right. pressure, you know? Yeah. So I think there are, I mean, there are a million hurt, you know, like if I've been made fun of or embarrassed, right? I can't think of a more petrifying thing for a junior hire to go through. That has got to be one of the most painful things for yep. a young teenager to experience. Absolutely. To be embarrassed, to be humiliated, to be made fun of, to be bullied. Yep. If, if they have any of those experiences or if they feel they're going to be, man, they're going to avoid that youth group. No way. Yep. You cannot drag them there. There's a girl who... Uh, she asked a, I, I, she asked a question and, uh, I, I asked a question and she gave an answer and I laughed because okay. it was such a dumb answer. <laughs> okay. So I asked who is Lucifer and her response was Jesus. And I just laughed and I laughed. I was like, what? And then she cried oh. and cried and so you cried. Didn't mean to make- no, it was yeah. just the dumbest answer. Like, uh-huh. I, like I wanted to say, do you live under a rock? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. like, like, come on. And everybody knows that. Well, she didn't know that. She didn't know that. And, uh, but there are these moments where you can, you can make somebody feel like an idiot. And maybe the whole group has these knowledge base. Maybe they all grew up in the church and mm-hmm. all really smart. You're trying to figure out. There are a million reasons, but here's where a good youth pastor mitigates those. Yes. They have control over what's being said. Mm-hmm. Uh, they build community. Yep. They build groups and small groups that allow connection points. They create fun environments, knowing yep. for any junior higher, if you don't have games, you're wasting your oh, night. Oh, yeah, you got to you know? have fun games. That's why Iwana is so successful, because they understood, like, yeah, we want kids to know the Bible, but, like, if but they're not having games. fun they and fun. moving their body, then they're going to go crazy. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things to understand. Um, that's why when I was the youth pastor, we called it chaos um, because <laughs> we created chaotic environments. Yeah, it was yeah. loud. It was crazy. It was fun. It was like whatever. And and kids were drawn to the chaos. The chaos. Now, moms and dads were like, what? It's called chaos. That's scary. You know, and and uh, non-Christians wanted to come because we had a good time. Yeah, and yeah. We taught about hard things. That was before crazy liberalism. And you could actually say hard things and kids would consider it rather than just calling you a bigot. Yeah. Right. And so we would teach about homosexuality and hell and having all this stuff. And well, but, let me just plug our youth ministers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Matt and Lauren. They do a great job. And, and I know you've been to their to a forge yeah, uh, awesome. event. And one of the things that they regularly do to kind of break down this wall of 
embarrassment and create transparency, create authenticity to create, hey, we're going to have fun and we're going to laugh with each other. And at times we're going to laugh at each other. Yep. They do something called the hot seat. And they, I love the hot seat. I, I love the way they put, you know, one or two students up. And sometimes it's when the I leaders. When I go, they bring me they, up. They do me every time. <laughs> yeah. So I usually stay in the back, yeah. you know. But, you know, it's like, hey, we all, we all can laugh at ourselves at times. And they ask them questions that... Sometimes are embarrassing uh, that we all laugh yeah. at. And but it's, it's not like, just one person. It's, it's a crew of people. So it's not just, you know. You know, but that is the way you really get to know people. And, and the reality is, as you get to know people, they become your people. Yep. You realize that, you know what? You're weird. I'm weird. We're going to yeah, fit together weird. weird together. You know, and through our weirdness, we will get better as we learn more about scripture. We learn more about the Bible. We grow in, in our uh, relationships with one another. Mm-hmm. I love what Matt and Lauren do in that, yep. in that realm. Yeah. So I, once you discern, right. So here's the, I think the nature of kids, they take the easy path. Oh yeah. They want to do what is most fun and least painful. Our job as parents is to teach them the right things. Mm-hmm. So there are there are legitimately a few reasons that would withhold me from sending my kid back to a youth group. And every parent has, has to figure out what those values are. But here's where parents, I think, just need to be careful. All our kids are full of crap. Yeah. And uh, they may not know it. The kids may not even know they're full of crap. Sometimes the kids don't even know what's motivating them. Hence, adolescence. Right. You know, like yeah. you're figuring out who you are. I'm looking at my four-year-old and I'm like, he has no idea why he's doing what he's doing. And adolescents aren't that much more self-aware they're becoming they're becoming developmentally their brain is actually forming and developing Mm -hmm. so they're becoming more self-aware and they're able to self-reflect in a new way and um and so just to just to realize that sometimes a kid wants to run away from something and what we need to do is teach them how to run into it run into it because it's actually going to be really good for them and uh so uh, there's also, I think, another increasing challenge in this world where tech is causing more social anxiety than ever before. Sure. And we just need to be really aware as parents, we need to strategically place our children into social environments, whether they like it or not. Right. And, um, and that's, and that's where I think we are in control. Mm-hmm. So there is that tension, you know, when adolescence starts of giving them the illusion of control and giving them the ability <laughs> to make decisions that are genuine. Right. And, and at the same time, we create fences and boundaries, you know, around them. And then what's also great, I think this is what parents forget is we have this beautiful thing called leverage. Yeah. Do you want your stuff? Do you want money? Mm-hmm. Do you want to ride over mm-hmm. there? Do you yep. want to go do this? Right. negotiation is great. Negotiation is how you get stuff done sometimes. Sure. And I can look at my, my daughter and say, okay, um, you don't go to youth group. You don't go out on Friday night. Take your pick. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not, I can actually make you go. And, uh, but you gotta find, you, you, you gotta find what they value most. Right. Because for some kids, okay. If you don't go to youth group, you don't go out on Friday night. They would say, fine. I wanted to stay home anyway. Yep. Okay, so good. Oh, okay. Well, what do they treasure? What do they value that would uh, encourage them? Yep. So here's what most parents aren't willing to do. They're not willing to fight mm-hmm. because you're going to get some kids um, who I have a hunch my son is going to be possibly like this. Who's going to just make my life H double hockey sticks. I mean, he <laughs> is going to whatever. I'm committed to the fight. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'll just say this. One of our kids has had a, a very frustrating issue that has required hours and hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, accumulate all the hours of fighting, of, of fighting the tendencies with overwhelming emotions, trying to control our home mm-hmm. with this stuff. 
and and now she's older and it's it's calmed down immensely. Yeah. Um, it's still there, you know, but I'm in it you for the fight. fight. I'm in it for the fight. And um, here's here's what I tell my kids all the time. You will never win with me. Mm-hmm. You will never win. And when you're able to beat me up, I still have all the leverage over <laughs> your life. And while you aren't in my home, if you want my money and you want my resources and my stuff and you want to use it and you want freedom, fine. You play by my rules. And here are my rules. And the the reality is for most kids, they're not going to give you a really, really, really little pitch of fit and stuff like yeah, that. But right. the long term, there are some kids that are just going to push your buttons for long term. And you know what? That's the kid you got. You got to go. You got to. You got to fight the fight. And what know? we're talking about is not fighting. Sometimes it feels like we're fighting with our kids, but we're really fighting for, for our kids. Oh yeah, we're fighting for them. And one of the fears that I have uh, when I've had conversations like this with pa- uh, parents that have dealt with either their children not going to children's ministry or their mm-hmm. teens not going to youth ministry is that look, y- you you've got to get on top of this now because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, I don't have friends. I don't, they don't like me. I don't like them. Yeah, they'll say anything. And, and they're, they're going to say these things that are their perceptions, but are not necessarily realities. But the truth of it is they, they will, they will be self-fulfilling prophecies mm-hmm. in the sense that, okay, so parents say, well, I'm not going to send my kid to children's ministry. Then they go into youth ministry. And so now they're a teenager. Well, I don't have any friends there, so I don't want to go. Well, now it's a reality. Yep. Now they don't know anyone in the youth ministry. They have no friends there. Yep. Then they go into young adulthood. They have no friends in the church. Yep. And it's like, well, why go to church? I have no friends there. Right. Which is where we, we fight we'll, behind the scenes for them sometimes. Yeah. So if my kid's like that, I'll go to the youth pastor and say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what his stated issues are. Don't tell him we talked. Reach out to uh, him. Here's what my daughter's frustrations are. And, and let's figure out if we can do that. What's interesting is that there's the story kids, I mean, I was a youth pastor. You, we know this. Yeah, there's the story it. that kids tell to get what they want. Yep. And then there's the reality. Yep. So like I can, I could tell you the story of multiple girls and guys who um, told their parents one thing, their mom, dad would come to me and I'm yeah. like, you do realize that none of what you're saying is true. Mm. Like what's actually happening is your child is trying to get something from yep. you or trying to get away and manipulate you. My child would never do that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. For real. Do they not understand really? the nature? Okay. Like what's more likely the guy going into ministry is lying to your face, you know, or that your child who is like literally entering or in the middle of adolescence is like, come on. And, um, and so I think sometimes if you have a good youth pastor, which most are, you know, you're going to have a great asset and they can say, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Okay. Here's some of the stuff that I'm observing. Um, some people say you can't make them do it. You can make your kid do anything. If you're strong, yeah, and I don't mean physically. I just mean if you're willing to fight the fight, mm-hmm. you can make your kid do anything. And um, I, again, like I understand that there are going to be repercussions of things, but this is where every mom and dad have to play the long game. If you give in now, you're setting them up for failure forever. Yeah. And and what are you teaching them about life? And this is the thing that I've. This is a, an argument that I've used or an illustration I've used with parents before is, okay, what if your child came home and said, you know what? I no longer want to drink milk. I no longer want to eat dinner with us. You know, I know we have dinner every night at five, six o'clock, but you know what? I don't want this anymore. So are you going to cave in or are you going to say, you know Here's what? Here's the reality. And, you know, and the no. majority of parents right now are caving. They're yeah, they're caving. caving. To every whim. And it's like, oh, it's not worth the fight. Oh, they pitch a fight. That is life. Yeah. And, and some kids, trust me, some kids. Yeah. Wow. Um, and some kids are compliant and, and some I've, kids are I've, not. I've said this. My gosh, some kids are not. And, and, I, and I have said this <laughs> to parents and, and I try to say this as gently as I can. 
who's in charge of your home, your child yep. or you, the parent? So this is, this is the reality. There are many kids who are in control of the emotional climate of their home yeah. because mom and dad aren't feeling up to fighting those battles. And I can't control your kid. I can't control their temperament. I think a lot of it is nature. Sometimes mm -hmm. God just sure. gives, you know, these strong, Some kids are strong willed, willed children, you know, they're, they're either going to grow up to do great good or great harm. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the battle God's given us to fight. And we cannot lose the battle with our strong willed children. We need to figure out, get help, get strategic ways, but doggone it. Uh, where I see a lot of this fail is the mom is compliant and the dad wants to be strong or the dad's compliant and the mom wants to be strong, like getting the mom and dad mm -hmm. to fight together. Yeah. And then, but here's what the kid knows. Every kid intuitively knows how to turn their mom against their dad oh, and yeah. vice versa. Yep, yep. Everyone does. And I do think that's where they choose who they're going to have nighttime conversations with and pour their heart out to strategically, mm -hmm. very specific parts that don't line up with anybody else's story, by the way, who's yeah. in authority. And uh, they know all the details, how to talk, how not to do it, what parts of their heart to play. And every kid is a pro at this. So I would, uh, you know, yeah. I, so let me let me give these parents uh, a word of encouragement from a person. I don't trust junior high and high school students, <laughs> by and large. I wonder why. I wonder why. Well, I've had those uh, junior high and senior high students uh, in my own home. And I want to just share with you, uh, parents, a word of encouragement. Our daughter was the most compliant child. She, you know, to say to go to youth ministry, I mean, she's all over. Yes, yes, yes. She could hate it, but she would go. Because you said so. Because I said so, because I was dad. She would go. My son, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> if it wasn't fun, if he didn't have friends, he didn't want to go. And he was the one that came home and told us a story about, dad, do we have to go? This is terrible. And I went and found out, yeah, you know what? He's right. It is terrible. So we had a conversation with the youth uh, pastor at the time and things slowly began to change. Here is the beauty of it. He, to, to say that we forced him to go uh, would be the, the strong arm uh, tactic or the strong uh, arm conversation. We strongly encouraged him to go and basically said, you know, as a, as a family, this is what we do. This is not negotiable. We do this. We go to church. We go to youth ministry. We go to small group as parents. You know, we do this because it's the right thing to do. Here is the beauty of it. He went for a few years and he began to love it. He began to, of all things, he was the one that was the most resistant in our, our home. But by his senior year, he was the kid that was bringing the most unsaved Christian, mm. uh, unsaved kids to this Christian youth group. Yep. He was the one that was fighting for the souls of his unsaved friends That's and cool. bringing them to youth ministry because he saw the value in what that youth ministry, it was about fun, it was about relationships, it was about transparency. It was something that he got behind and said, you know what, mm. this is not just our youth group at our church. This is my youth group. Yep. And this is what I'm going to fight for. And I'm going to bring my friends to, to experience yep. it as well. Play the long game. Yeah. Yeah. One of the dumbest like things I see parents do, it drives me insane. They're like, you're grounded from youth group. You really? What? Why would you do that? Ground them from other things. It's like, well, you're you take away their, the Bible. You can't read the Bible anymore. Take away their phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ground them from spiritual encouragement. It's like, you realize you want these to be their friends. That's like, right. That's this is where thing. you want them to hang out. Yeah. And even if you don't like the friends, you want them to have friends. Like they're going to pick friends and whether they pick bad friends at church or at school, they're going to pick bad friends if they're going to pick bad friends. Right. But I'd rather than pick bad friends under the umbrella of youth leaders who are like another set of adults who are looking out for you. Right. Like, come on mom and dad anyways that's my little rant 
Well, listeners, thanks for letting us rant about this subject. And please come back next time when we answer a big question, Michael. And really, this is one that you need to address. What is your vision for the Village Church in the next five years? I think you're going to be talking about that very soon. I'm running for president. (laughs) Psych.